Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold. Hopping from one metaverse to another. Right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you were able to think about that for a moment. Because I know it is complicated, and sometimes it's actually hard for me to explain it, folks. I try my best, but it's so uh, technical. I try to break it down into sort of real-world situations that you can relate to. Let me continue with this article. We're going to do a little bit more of this so we can get to the video. And then what I'm probably going to do is tomorrow I will finish reviewing this article and then put in a couple of more articles that will further explain it and then you will have a full understanding of the internet of everything and the metaverse and that's my goal with this mini series is to get you up to speed so whenever you hear hear the term metaverse or nft or internet of things internet of bodies internet of senses internet of everything you understand what all that means and you'll be able to now see right through the technocrats and the transhumanists and the people that are constantly pushing this stuff on you. Whenever you see it pop up related to something with your child or your grandchild, you'll be able to just say no. All right, let's continue. It's difficult to parse what all this means because when you hear descriptions like those above, an understandable response is, quote, wait, doesn't that already exist? End quote. World of Warcraft, for example, is a persistent Virtual world where players can buy and sell goods. Fortnite has virtual experiences like concerts and an exhibit where Rick Sanchez can learn about Martin Luther King Jr. You can strap on an Oculus headset and be in your own personal virtual home. Is that really what, quote, the metaverse, end quote, means? Just some new kinds of video games? Okay, so let's just explain World of Warcraft. Many of you probably heard that because it's been around. That's, let's say, like a game. Fortnite is like a game. But now they're expanding those games into sort of their own world. So there's some people, think of it this way. Because I have to deal with this, actually, as a broadcaster now and as someone who used to produce for other broadcasters. There's this trend that happens where many people, probably including yourself, have a drug of choice when it comes to a social media platform or a platform where you consume content. So let's just take the big ones. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Now there's Rumble, there's Odyssey, there's BitChute, there's Rockfin, there's all of these, right? So what happens, uh, and then then on the audio side, folks, you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, SiriusXM, iHeartRadio. 
or all the majors. So what happens as a broadcaster, I can't just release this podcast anymore on pain.tv or if I had my own website. I have to try to push it out to as many platforms as possible, which is so time-consuming. And that's what goes on behind the scenes at uh, pain.tv slash gold because between Mike and myself and the Young Bucks and the people helping me, we have to push this out all over the place. I started this show, what, six, seven weeks ago, and I hadn't even have everything set up yet because it's just so time-consuming to set up every account. But the reason why you have to do that if you want to reach as many people as possible is that there are some people who choose to let's put it in context here, stay in the metaverse of Facebook or stay in the metaverse of YouTube or stay in the metaverse of Twitter or stay in the metaverse of Apple Podcasts. There are some people who will not leave those. You can't get them to go over to a website like pain.tv slash gold or Dustin Gold Show or whatever it may be because that's where they like to consume their content. So if you don't exist on, say, YouTube, you don't exist to all of those people who only watch YouTube. So right now, I don't have my content at YouTube, okay? And I know I'm missing a large sector. I just don't want to deal with the censorship at YouTube and start an account, build it up, and have it shut down. I've seen it happen to too many uh, friends of mine and uh, business associates of mine. But that's what we're talking about in these different metaverses. So think of World of Warcraft as Facebook and Fortnite as YouTube, right? So it's two different worlds, all right? That's how you have to think of it. And then we uh, they mentioned the Oculus headset. I've talked about that. That's Facebook's virtual reality headset. Okay, so the question was, is that really what the metaverse means? Just some kind of Uh, some new kinds of video games? Well, yes and no. Saying that Fortnite is the metaverse would be like saying Google is the internet, okay? Or saying YouTube is the internet or Facebook is the internet. Even if you spend large chunks of time in Fortnite, socializing, buying things, learning and playing games, that doesn't necessarily mean it encompasses the entire scope of what people and companies mean when they say the metaverse. So to you, that's your world. YouTube is your world. But that doesn't mean YouTube is everything in the internet. Let's say in real life, you go down to Joe's local neighborhood bar and you spend most of your time there after work drinking beer and BSing with the guys. That might be your world, but outside of Joe's, no one knows what Joe's is unless they've been to Joe's. So although you may think of it as your world, as your comfort zone, as your safe space, whatever it may be, that's not the whole entire world. It goes on to say, just as Google, which builds parts of the internet from physical data centers to security layers, isn't the entire internet. Tech giants like Microsoft and Meta, Meta is Facebook, are working on building tech related to interacting with virtual worlds, but they're not the only ones. Many other large companies, including NVIDIA, Unity, Roblox, and even Snap, as well as a variety of smaller companies and startups, are building the infrastructure to create better virtual worlds that more closely mimic our physical life. You see, that's what they're working on is taking away, tearing down the real world and replacing it with a synthetic world, while at the same time controlling the natural world as much as possible through all of the prison planet technology. 
I'll just read a little bit more from here and then we're going to jump into the video. For example, Epic has acquired a number of companies that help create or distribute digital assets in part to bolster its powerful Unreal Engine 5 platform. And while Unreal may be a video game platform, it's also being used in the film industry. So I had shown you Lars Butler AI Foundation mind twinning and Lars Butler's background owning Tryon Worlds, where we showed an old news clip of him from 10 years ago talking about Tryon Worlds and how he was at the cutting edge of selling digital goods back then. And then we also saw the same piece, a uh, piece by Lars Butler in 2016 where he was advocating for the united states government to be the leader in autonomous ai killer robots and in his 42 reasons very detailed that he gave for the killer robots was the simulations that he had created through tryon worlds and his video games the video games are were the testing ground, the test pilots, the beta testing for what they're building in the metaverse. It was all cutesy and fun and entertainment, but in reality, these video game companies, some of which are backed by the government, are actually part of training and testing the technology they're going to need to drive these giant worlds. So it says, uh, again... And while Unreal may be a video game platform, it's also being used in the film industry and could make it easier for anyone to create virtual experiences. These are tangible and exciting developments in the realm of building digital worlds. Despite the idea of a Ready Player One-like single unified place called the metaverse is still largely impossible. This is in part because such a world requires companies to cooperate in a way that simply isn't profitable or desirable. Okay, so what they're talking about is getting these various companies to play ball with each other. But we've seen this happen over time with YouTube, Facebook, you know, Apple and others. They are playing ball. They do share information. They do have joint programs. See, Apple, when they started, Steve Jobs vision was this closed off environment you bought an apple product it didn't play nice with other technology and so you had to continue to buy all the apple products and the apple software to operate in the apple world apple was essentially its own metaverse well over time apple has opened up some of its code and now they do cooperate with uh, certain technologies that they did not before See, this is also part of the public-private partnership. And then when you're seeing the CIA putting money in through InQtel and others, and the same investors behind these companies, Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, and others, but then even on a bigger stage, Vanguard, State Street, BlackRock, they're then able to control these companies and force them to work together. As Klaus Schwab has said, that it will have to be sort of the symbiosis between the public and private sectors, the different governments, the different tech companies to work together to usher in the fourth industrial revolution okay sorry about that i know that uh that was pretty fast but i'm just uh sort of reiterating information that i've already provided in future episodes so i can't slow down every time i do that or every show would be a repeat of the next um 
It goes on to say that is in part because such a world requires companies to cooperate in a way that simply isn't profitable or desirable. Fortnite doesn't have much motivation to give players a portal to jump straight over to World of Warcraft, even if it were easy to do so, for example, and partially because the raw computing power needed for such a concept could be much further away than we think. Okay, so what they're talking about there is what is the financial incentive for a YouTube, for instance, to cooperate with a Facebook? Again, they make this happening. They make this happen by the big investment firms buying stock in these companies, and then eventually they own them both, and then they merge them together. Or they'll have uh, some kind of a sharing agreement. They'll eventually develop a way for if you kick someone over from World of Warcraft into Fortnite, there's some kind of a commission that they're going to make money off of that that transfers over for everything that that player that came from one world to another world or eventually it'll all just be centralized it'll all just be monopolized just like our supply chains in real life ladies and gentlemen when we come back we're going to go right in to this world economic forum panel discussion and then on the next show we will get back to finishing up this article and a few others i have Take a breather, have a sip of tea or coffee or water or whatever it is, whiskey, I don't care. Uh, do whatever you have to do. Try to absorb what we just talked about. Try to understand it, comprehend it. It's very important because as we get into the panel discussion, they uh, they don't talk in real technical terms, but hopefully that gave you enough information to be able to absorb what the masters of the universe are about to tell us. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to have a sip of tea on the break. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold on Payne.tv slash gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, and welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the wonderful world of the technocracy as we delve deep into the world of synthetic reality that the masters of the universe are so graciously building for us as they allow us to bounce from metaverse to metaverse inside of the digital world as they work so hard to enslave us right here in the natural world. Well, folks, you are going to be armed with the intelligence to see what is coming in the future, how to avoid it, how to warn your children and grandchildren, your friends and family, and hopefully be able to have some interesting conversations as Thanksgiving and Christmas approach quickly. You will definitely sound like the crazy aunt or uncle at this point because I know it sounds crazy, but the fact is now you know it's true because everything comes from their own words, their own papers, their own companies, their own technology. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, finally, let's get into this World Economic Forum panel discussion on the metaverse, and I will start right from the top so that the host... Uh, the moderator, 
can explain who the four people are on the panel. And then um, if I find anything important for you, or I don't think maybe you would understand it, uh, I will stop and try to explain it in layman's terms. But I think I gave you enough of a foundation in that discussion over the last couple of segments where you will be able to uh, have a fairly good grasp on this stuff. I trust I trust your abilities, folks. So let's get into this uh, right now. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, it is a privilege to be here. My name is Andrew Ross Sorkin of The New York Times and CNBC. Uh, we are live in high fidelity here to you. Uh, but this is going to be a conversation about the metaverse, uh, where maybe we won't really be live in the future. Maybe we'll all be all together in the metaverse. But there are so many issues that the metaverse uh, raises, opportunities it creates, uh, and we're going to dig into all of them this afternoon together. And we have an amazing group of people here to talk about these issues of governance, um, of potential regulation, what those opportunities really look like, potentially even issues around inequality. And then we'll get into the innovation and tech side of it as well let me introduce okay so first thing real quick before he introduces the guest one you heard him make a joke about them being there in person and eventually one day they'll all be meeting inside of the metaverse you've seen that i've demonstrated you know a a very simple version but uh, lars butler's mind twin his deep fake synthetic version of himself having a conversation with four or five other mind twins back and forth all run by artificial intelligence so you've seen that and then right now he is uh, going to introduce these guests so let's get back to that uh, who's here peggy johnson's here chief executive of magic leap um we have uh omar uh, al omama obama Uh, He is the Minister of State for Artificial Intelligence, Digital Economy, Remote Work Applications uh, in the UAE. Uh, Chris Cox is the Chief Product Officer at Meta. They just changed their name to reflect this new world. And then Philip Rosedale is the co-founder of High Fidelity. But for the purposes of our conversation here today, uh, he is the founder of Second Life, perhaps one of the original metaverses of sorts. To help level set where we are and what this conversation is really going to be about, and because I think uh, the metaverse means a lot of different things to a lot of people, and I think we don't really know necessarily uh, where we all are, I want to spend, if we could, only about 60 seconds, maybe 120 seconds, uh, getting a sense from all of you about what the metaverse is, and to the extent you can add how you think it's going to impact our society, I would love to do that. And I'm going to start, if I could, with Chris Cox. Um, on this issue. Chris. Okay, and let me just say something. I got to put this in context for you. I just want you to always understand, um, for those of you that are skeptical or when you're talking to relatives or friends or business associates that are skeptical, this stuff is all real. It's all very real. You have to remember, they're doing a panel discussion at the World Economic Forum on a stage Just like when Yuval Noah Harari stands there and speaks about hacking humans and you say, well, what a goofball, what a quack or whatever. These people wield power. They wield influence. Uh, Majority of them are extremely wealthy. And they're sitting in front of an audience of heads of state, CEOs, investment bankers, heads of NGOs, heads of think tanks, uh, union leaders, uh, trade association of presidents. Uh, professors out of universities. So they're speaking to 
whether we like it or not, what would be the thought leaders, the controllers of thought and the controllers of the economic engine of the world, as well as the governments and the companies. So it's not just like four nerds hanging out at a high school, having a conversation in the basketball gym to a bunch of eighth graders. No, they're speaking to the most powerful people in the world. And this discussion is about the metaverse. So again, they're not pretending this is actually happening. The technology is being built. So when people sort of poo poo it and say, oh, whatever, you're crazy. You're not crazy because the people who wield the power, the engineers, the architects, the investors, representatives from the UAE, a woman who comes out of one of the virtual reality uh, headset companies, a guy who created Second Life, which was one of the first, you know, immersive worlds, and then a gentleman who's there from uh, Meta, from Facebook. So, you know, we could discount them. I don't like them. I don't like the fact that they're ruling over our world and trying to control it and play gods, but it is very real. It is very real, and it is actually happening. There's trillions of dollars invested in this, and we'll get into that eventually, too. Maybe I'll break down Saudi Arabia's investments in this technology and Israel's investments in this technology. But uh, all right, let's get back to this. Thanks, Andrew. I wanted to start just with a message of support and condolences to the victims of the shooting in Texas, uh, to their families, to the affected community, and to the people of Texas. I know a lot of us are sending our hearts and condolences to them, so I wanted to start with that message. An important message. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Metaverse, I at least think about it as the next chapter, the next evolution of the internet, except it's the part where it gets less flat. If you think about the primary metaphors for the internet to date have been about web pages and literally two-dimensional objects that we peer at through screens. Um, One of the most important trends in computing has been the computer moves from a basement to our desktop to our pocket. That has happened over the last 50 years. And we believe, I think we as an industry believe, that it ultimately gets closer to the senses, to the eyes, to the hands, to speech. And so keyboard input goes away, and and peering at everything through a screen in our pockets eventually goes away. The metaverse is a way of describing the transition into three-dimensional environments. Why don't we go all the way down, and we'll come back this way. (laughs) Great. You know, for me... uh, Okay, and speaking now is the uh, gentleman who created uh, Second Life. The first gentleman was the creator. uh, I mean, not the creator. He was from Meta, from Facebook. And so you're starting to see what he said is that it's this transition from the Internet as far as like web pages and moving into this three-dimensional world, which I've explained to you uh, that you'll access through virtual reality, through your Neuralink brain chip and such. As someone who, you know, became an entrepreneur and I'm an engineer, uh, in 1994, uh, for me, the metaverse was this idea really of a place that was somehow simulated on computers that were connected by the internet. So as a young uh, entrepreneur, the dream that I had was what would people do if we could create an enormous single landscape you know, that was perhaps the size of a city or something, and then let everybody come into that landscape and make things and build things. And so the beginning of the genesis of Second Life was very much this idea of dreaming of a single shared place that we would inhabit together as human beings uh, and, and do things together. So that's what really 
started it off for me, and now we've got avatars and behaviors and psychology and groups and all these other wonderful things happening. But that place idea is what really captured me. Okay, let's pause for a second. So as you heard him explain exactly what we talked about earlier was that they are attempting to break down the natural world and then drive you into a synthetic world. His idea as an engineer was to create a single piece of land and see what people were going to do with it. Well, that actually happened on a place called planet Earth. And so we're seeing what people are doing with it. We've gotten to the point where we have so-called progressed progressed so much that now we are actually focused on engineering humanity out of existence and driving those that they choose to allow to live into a single piece of digital land and build a new world in this metaverse in this cyber world so again he's just playing god recreating earth itself and driving people into a fake earth very similar to what uh elon or uh, what peter thiel said you know there was really no differences between christianity and transhumanism right he said there was only small metaphysical differences because in the end they both offer immortality. Well, one is this idea of merging with man and machine and they'll give you immortality. The other is transcending to heaven with uh, God. And so again, now they want you to transcend out of your real world in a place that was land that we did build things into a new place where they want to start over inside of a cyber world. Oh, I'm so if I look at it from a government perspective, the first thing that comes to mind is scale. So if you look at the Travis Scott example, the concert that he did in, I think it was Fortnite, 56 million people right. attended that. Yeah. It was a matter of scale. The biggest concert on earth is around a million people or a million and a few hundred thousand. You can definitely scale different goods and services to people across borders in a very seamless manner. That's the first thing. The second is, I think it's a new form of expression. Um, we used to imagine text on screen, we used to imagine graphics. Now we can imagine new worlds, we can imagine new ways of giving these services. We can imagine a new, uh, let's say, paradigm between the virtual and the physical, which is augmented reality. And I think we can create a bridge that we could never have imagined in the past. Okay, so that was the head of Metaverse Projects from the United Arab Emirates. So as I told you, everyone is on board with this around the world folks so you just heard him a guy coming out of government explaining how they interpret what the metaverse is and you're going to see later in this how the governments are actually working with the tech companies to build it and to regulate it and to tax it what do you think well first of all i have a bit of a reaction to the word metaverse uh, just having read snow crash by neil stevenson it's a, that's a bit of a dystopian view that he had. Um, but I think at its highest level, I would think of it as the seamless merging of our digital and physical worlds. And I think- the, the, Okay, so this is the woman from the company that uh, creates virtual reality glasses. And she just said she read a book where Metaverse was tainted because it was seen as dystopian. Oh, this is not dystopian. It's the merger of our physical and digital worlds. Oh no, that is not dystopian, ma'am. That is not dystopian at all. I think actually currently in the conversation across media and publicly, we, 
it seems to me a little limited because it seems to center just in virtual reality. But when that actually happens, a seamless integration of your digital and physical world, that, that really is, I think, the true promise of the metaverse. And I think that's realized in augmented reality. When our heads what, are back What does back that look up, like? Tell us what so, it feels like. And a seamless integration of the physical and digital world. And now he's asking her to expand on this concept of augmented reality, as I mentioned to you, just to remind you, that's putting on glasses or contact lenses where you see the real world in front of you, but it's augmented by things coming from the digital world, the Tyrannosaurus Rex running across your living room or the watch on your wrist that's not really there. It's a digital watch. And no, this is not dystopian at all. Not at all, folks. And some people here, I'm sure, have used uh, either a Magic Leap or an Oculus or, or, or worn a headset, and, and I'm sure many others have not. And so to, if there's a way to articulate it. Yeah. So I think they're very different. Uh, virtual reality, you know, you have a headset on and you're fully occluded, you're in, a, you're in another world and it's fantastic. And there's use cases for that. Augmented reality is you're in, you put the headset on, you still see your physical world and then we augment it with intelligent digital content. And, and there's different use cases for that, but they tend to get merged, I think, in this idea of the metaverse. Right. Chris, here's where I want to go. Um, okay, and just so you know, that's the stuff I explained to you. Uh, so now you have another take on it from her. So this is one of the technocrats explaining the technology that I've explained. So you put on the headset, you walk out in your backyard, and there's little boxes popping up uh, telling you what kind of bug you're looking at in real life. Oh, it's intelligent digital content folks it's encyclopedia britannica strapped to your head wow this stuff is amazing but this is why we're watching it folks i mean you're hearing it directly from the leaders in this industry there's a view in the world that um there's a bunch of people trying to do tr trying to create the next metaverse and, and, and different worlds within those metaverses um the internet right now um there's lots of players in it but of course there's a couple of big players in it. And when, when you start to think about how the metaverse uh, might look, you might start to think that actually only one or two sort of operating systems can win the day uh, because you're sort of living in this, in this universe and how interoperable these things can ultimately be. This now gets into Web3 and other things as well. But I, I'm sort of curious whether you think this is a winner-take-all sort of future and to the extent that it, these worlds are going to be interoperable, how that would ever work. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so that's what I was talking about there with the uh, interoperable where these worlds where like, uh, you know, YouTube will cooperate with a Facebook or Fortnite will cooperate with World of Warcraft. So we're going to get into that right now. Let's take a short break. And I promise you in our worlds in pain and in gold, you will be able to interchange. So you can use your password to pain.tv gold and you can still access the Thomas Paine podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. Think about what you heard when we come back. There's a lot more. This is pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 